surrounds the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win. New world record. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. The, the winner is, 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 is. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Welcome to the Have A Go podcast, the definitively unofficial podcast of the games of the 32nd Olympiad. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Uh, mate, the Olympics, they're steeped in tradition, as we all know. There's going to be 339 events at Tokyo 2020. That's across 33 different sports. Back in Rio 2016, there were just 28 sports, so there's five new sports around this time, mate. What's doing? Oh, mate, we're just, we're getting greedy, aren't we? I mean, there's nothing's good enough for us anymore, and the, the old meat and veg single discipline events are just now totally off-brand for the world that we live in, aren't they? Yeah. You know, we must pack in everything at all costs. You know, and just having a look at some of the sports here, um, you'd swear that uh, some of them are chosen by some pretty dodgy focus groups or probably even by an algorithm by yeah. the looks of it. You just got to think, like, what is what is doing here? I mean, is Japan like, a, is Japan like an Instagram influencer who's just churning out <laughs> new pieces of content 10 times a day across various social media platforms? Content is king, but can there be too much fucking content, perhaps? Well, of course it is. I mean, there's going to be sports that are just lost in the feed here, aren't they? I mean, people are just going to scroll past, you know, the 100-metre yeah. dash or whatever it is they call it these days. It's just gone now. They're just seeking that dopamine hit of, you know, a, of a triple ollie in the skateboarding or something. And maybe they've gone too far. We are a society that crave new things, new shiny things. Um, but I think there are reasons behind these new sports. And I think it comes down to dollars, as it always does, mate. So of course. if we look at the broadcast numbers, they're not going up for the IOC. The average broadcast viewer for the Rio 2016 games was 53 years of age. Wow. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. And in terms yeah. of the numbers alone, so between London and Rio, so between 2012 and 2016, there was a 30% decrease in viewers between that all-important 18- and 34-year bracket in that four-year period. So the IOC is losing viewers, but they've also got old viewers. They need young eyeballs. This is what this is all about, isn't it? It certainly is. And there's some um, startling numbers right there, mate. And uh, look, it just shows that um, the IOC is uh, just rolling out, you know, rad new sports like a 40-year-old bloke trying to impress the friends of his new 22-year-old girlfriend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the IOC is just... Jeffrey Edelstein, basically. <laughs> RIP. Right. RIP. RIP Jeffrey, yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, but they just always seem to be, you know, just one generational fad behind where they need to be, don't they? They're just a little bit slow off the, off the mark. And that's, you know, yeah. we're probably going to have esports and finger spinning by 2028. <laughs> well, that's you it, mate. I, mean? I they think just that's, seem that's a bit part off. of it because, like, They've got to predict trends, don't they? Because the Olympic Games, they're they're every four years. They're not every year. So they've got to look at that data. They've got to, you know, they've got to get futurists in. They've got to get all these advisors (laughs) that they need to lean on. I'm just picturing like, you know, a bunch of 80-year-old white IOC blokes in a boardroom sitting through some glossy presentation, you know, on skateboarding, (laughs) just embedded (laughs) clips from Red Bull TV, just pitching them on the potential sponsorship opportunities, endemic brands, like the broadcast dollars. It would just sweep them away. They've obviously bought into it. So it's happening. 
Oh, oh, of course. I mean, you know, like skateboarding is cool to them now, isn't it? Mm. But um, but don't you think as well, mate, we're at the times we're living in, it's very, we're obviously in uncertain times. Maybe we oh, should yeah. be buttoning down, you know, and, and just sticking to the things we know. Maybe we just need, you know, 25 new versions of the hurdles, yeah. um, you know. I don't know if we should be branching out so radically like we are. That's interesting, yeah. Maybe they could be in for an overcorrection. Uh, Exactly, I mean, just like when when in politics you go too far to one side, there's always a snapback. So maybe the (laughs) ISC is asking for that, but we'll we'll see how it goes. They've gone ahead and done it, so it's happening. It's actually not the IOC's most desperate grab, though. I mean, you've got to look back to Paris, 1900, the second Olympic Games. I think just going back through the records, this was the only Olympics where the delegates or the IOC delegates actually took LSD uh, before they (laughs) announced the sports that they were going to roll out. Let's just have a listen to this, mate. Live pigeon shooting, and that's not like as in broadcast live, the the birds were alive. Yep. Um, (laughs) Poodle clipping, horse long jump and horse high jump. Um, Poodle clipping, that sounds like one of those uh, (laughs) urban myths that got big. Probably was, but let's just run with it. Well, it just sounds like a euphemism, you yeah, know what I mean? It's yeah. something dirty, yeah. But then, yeah, just to settle things down, they had some hot air ballooning and a swimming obstacle race. So, you know, right. I mean, look, that's it's just loose even by French standards, you know what I mean? I actually read that um, in the hurdles, broken telephone poles were used to, to create the hurdles, <laughs> like the actual materials from them. And oh, hammer okay. throws during that event actually found their throws stuck in trees. So the trees right. on the field. So it was like playing okay. park cricket, basically. Yeah, right. So France hadn't sold the poles and wires to China like New South Wales had. <laughs> no. That's good. These days, yeah. I think the hurdles are crafted from 5G cell towers, so we've, we've come a long way. Um, uh, and then you've got to look at some other games. So, I mean, 2016, so the last games, we had golf and rugby. So, more yeah, traditional I think the, sports. Um, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, I think the IC was just trying to get themselves a corporate box at a Waratahs game mm. um, via introducing those two. <laughs> so, pretty, yeah, pretty odd, uh, but they, they remain. Yeah, I don't remember those events at all, but apparently there were some great networking opportunities for those <laughs> who participated there. Also, back in Seoul 1988, there was 10-pin bowling and, and table tennis. Yeah, yeah, that uh, sounds like a Korean frat party, doesn't it? Uh, but, you know, they just wanted to get in the locals. And, um, uh, again, uh, I don't think 10-pin bowling has remained, but table tennis is a staple, so yep. uh, well done to Seoul. Yeah, and, and Sydney 2000, so our games, taekwondo and trampoline. So, yes. I mean, look yeah, back but- at 2000, I mean, every house had a trampoline. It was a simpler <laughs> time, obviously, back when housing was affordable. So I expect, you know, the sport of trampolining to decline quickly due to the rise yes. of high-density living spaces. Yeah, I would say so. And and inter- interest, interestingly as well, mate, I'm pretty sure those events were held on weeknights after school. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so as they do to remain to this day. <laughs> All right, mate, let's get into the sports karate, one of Japan's yes. most traditional sports. So, I mean, great opportunity to make an insensitive karate kid joke at the top, which I won't do. <laughs> but it is a Japanese martial art. We all know that. It's all about yes. self-defense counterattacks it's very technical it's not yes. the combat sport that we're used to i mean it's not the kind of ufc you know conor mcgregor falling over with a bone mm. shard going through his leg you won't see much of that it'll be very no. technical it'll be points based and very um traditional that's right yeah yeah we're probably um riding off the uh sunday afternoon rsl crowd uh and the roid boys coming in for three <laughs> bouts of ufc there but that's okay we'll, we'll get them next time there will be some but, exotic um, betting op- options i think on karate 
Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, if, if anything goes wrong at the end, there, there will be a brawl. So, yep. um, you know, that's good. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, mate, karate is it's, it's all about um, emphasis on uh, your movement and your character and discipline mm. and all that kind of mm. shit. Um, so it's, you know, it's just like gymnastics or diving. It's, um, you know, it's an, it's a subjectively judged sport. So it's open to, open to rorts. Love so, it. um, yeah, that's why they've probably brought it in. Yeah. I think there's like a hundred different moves, so it's going to be very easy to adjudicate. I'm sure it'll be very simple. Also, it'd be harder to understand than rugby union when there's a penalty at the breakdown, I think, you know, they put like a graphic down the bottom of the screen. So I think there's going to be some struggles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can you guys just pause for a minute while I just check the manual? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two disciplines in karate. So kata is demonstrations of forms targeting a virtual opponent. So no yes. physical contact, not even another bloke. You're not even fighting, it's a bloke. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, how good is that for the, for the world we live in these days, mate? You know what I mean? <laughs> We're all fighting, fighting but virtually. Fighting one, yeah, one on zero. Yeah. yeah. Twitter wars, a virtual <laughs> opponent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um Let's look at who we got. So Tsunari uh, Yahiro, apologies if that's not completely, perfectly nailed in terms of the pronunciation. He's Australia's first karate Olympian. So he'll be competing in the 75 kilo Kumite division. Uh, He's a veteran. He was born in Japan and moved to Australia at 18 months. And he may be our first karate champion, mate. Fantastic. And look, look, I I haven't followed up uh, much on his uh, progress, but I will be expecting gold. Mm. Um, I've actually, yeah, already ordered my mounted and signed uh, Aussie Karate Gay through um, Seven Memorabilia. So um, uh, bring it home. 5th to the the 7th of August at the Nippon Budokan, which I assume is some kind of purpose-built venue for karate. Um, Looking forward to that, mate. So let's move on to the next one. So sport climbing. Yes. Uh, so sport climbing, um, not, don't know much about it. I think it's a bit like the show Gladiators when um, yes. they used to climb the wall there. But uh, So there's three disciplines. There's speed climbing, bouldering, and lead climbing. So yes. it's a mixed format sport, a little bit like the triathlon and highest score across those three wins. Yeah, and I've read there that as well. There was a a water element that was to be um, included in the in the sport, but Channel Seven refused to broadcast it because it's too close to being Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, so they got that change, so uh, Channel Seven could be appeased. But yeah. I have heard that Channel Seven, much like Ninja Warrior, will be having a, a redundant sideline commentator who used to play AFL. Yeah, good. Um, so just like Shane Crawford. So yeah, yeah. I'd probably differ. I'd say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. As long as they can explain the new rules. Through through some kind of AFL prism, I'll be I'll be happy. <laughs> I mean, how do you become a sport climber? I mean, is it just anyone who can scale a wall? Good career path uh, for escaped fugitives. Yeah, well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, fleeing incarceration, possibly. I'm not too sure. Um, it's not a circle I move in that much, mate. Um, but it'd be interesting to see the, the profiles of our athletes. Yeah, well, I mean, I know that, like, hipsters are really into indoor rock climbing. <laughs> I remember when I was living down in Melbourne. I remember seeing Ronnie Cheng, the comedian, walking out of an indoor rock climbing wow. uh, okay. facility one day. Um, That's not very funny. Not funny at it? all, no. no Comedians no. shouldn't engage in any kind of physical activity. It's just not funny. No, um, not at all. Certainly don't look after your body. Hanging from the wall by one hand, telling jokes. I don't want to know about it. So our two main hopes, which we'll pin everything on, are Oceania McKenzie and Tom O'Halloran. So Oceania's home club is Urban Climb Collingwood. So one of those inner urban indoor rock climbing facilities that I mentioned. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, I can only imagine uh, how the training's been going in there. And um, look, uh, you know, it's going to have a very pro-Victorian flavour, mate. Mm. And um, uh, I wonder if they fail to bring back uh, gold, if they'll be blaming Gladys for this one as well. Have that gold. 60 seconds to get to the top. 10 points if you make it. Nothing if you're caught. 
First up the wall are our female challengers, Iron Woman, Carla Gilbert. Being pursued by Blade. And pole vaulter, Emma George. We'll be trying to steer clear of our gladiator, Delta. And to start the climb, here's Mike Whitney. Challengers, you will go on my whistle. So Carla, the Iron Woman, facing a different whistle. challenge here tonight with our international gymnast, ready? Blade. And Emma George. Well, she's used to heights in her sport, and she's normally used to getting over the top. Let's see if she can do it tonight here on the wall. Both challenges with a little bit of a stumble here at the start of the wall, but here come the gladiators. I don't think this is going to be too hard for them tonight. We've got Blade up against Carla, and she's caught her already. This could be an early night here for Carla on the wall. Blade working overtime, and she gets her off. 35 seconds to go for Delta to get Emma off the wall also. Delta's caught Emma by the leg. Emma's holding on with those strong fingers of hers. The upper body strength of Emma will really come to the fore here on the wall. Delta's working hard. Can she get Emma off? She's got to survive for another 15 seconds. Nearly slipped off then, but she's still holding on. Delta's really being made to earn her money tonight. The world-class pole vaulter. Can she survive? No, she can't. Sales, like life, is a marathon. Down to Elliot and the pace. The gloves are up. Qualifying a lead or logging an opportunity. Well, this is true racing. Shalane knows what this feels like. Trial accounts, pipelines, quotes. As Ed said, he is sprinting into the history books here. They're cheering him on. Handshake, commercial terms. This humble farmer who used to run two miles to school every day and back. He used to go to the nearest town on his bike to sell milk at the local market. And now, through hard work and discipline, he's pointing. Come on, he says. Legal approval. without a complete collaborative view of customer engagement and success. DealsForce, the unofficial, unsanctioned customer relationship management software of Tokyo 2020. Spotlight on Tokyo. Real stories straight from the scene of the 32nd Olympiad. For the past 47 years, Wakabayashi Tetsuya has been running Japan's most famous yakitori stand underneath the train tracks in central Tokyo. My father once served a yakitori to President Gerald Ford in 1974. Ford said my father's chicken was even sweeter than the deal he cut to pardon Nixon in exchange for the presidency. It is a great source of pride for our family. Wakabayashi San has even adjusted his menu to pay tribute to the IOC's biggest names. 
at just 100 yen per stick. The dick pound skewers glazed with miso come highly recommended. <laughs> Spotlight on Tokyo. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Gentlemen, is the bugger saved of the man and man of Have a look at the headlines. What, what is a car eating a meal? Meal, 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 Let's move into surfing. That's another new go. sport at Tokyo. We know a bit about this one, mate. We might be good we at this one, do. actually. We should do all right here, you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, again, I'll be, uh, along with the karate uh, disciplines, I'll be expecting some kind of metal coming back with our, mm. with our contingent in this event, mate. And, and you know, uh, Australians will get behind the surfers, won't they? Oh, they yeah. will certainly get behind the surfers. Fucked if we know how it works. We don't know how to, <laughs> the scoring works or, you know, what is it? You, if you just stand up on the board, you get 10 points. I'm not too sure. But I'll be cheering, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's uh, the, the bronze Aussies, aren't they? It's yeah. the, the extension of our typical Olympians. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not usually is would I look at the Olympics as being any place to be stoked, but I'm um, happy to change it for this event. <laughs> yeah, they're very laid back characters, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they, they use the word stoked <laughs> a lot. And it goes very much against the high stakes emotion of the Olympic Games, you know, like the, the mm. agony of fouling out in the triple jump. Or, you know, will we yeah. see that same emotion from our surfers? You know, yeah. I, I just picture like bonfires on the beach after events, like obviously yeah. basing my entire knowledge of surfing off the movie Point Break. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm picturing like Jane Savile getting red carded in, in the year 2000 in the uh, walking and just casually sauntering off to the side, sipping a Corona yeah. in, a, just going in a Red Bull a poke bowl. just not worrying about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we've got Steph Gilmore, we've got Sally Fitzgibbon. Mate, these are household names. I know these names. Yeah, I don't have to yeah, Google these too. names. I know all about them. These are world yeah. champions. So we yeah. should do all right. I'm expecting golds. Oh, of course, yeah. No, I've um, I've forecast gold for sure, and um, and not only that, not just on the dais, but in um, mainstream cut through as well. Mm. Gold medals all the way. I mean, dads in rashies will be uh, banding together to get behind the team here. It's um, it's uh, going to be one to put a red line under in the uh, schedule. Yeah, let's let's just mark that down as a definite gold. Uh, yep. So, kind of similar vein here, skateboarding. So, again, a, a shameless attempt by the IOC to tap into that youth market. Uh, you've mm. got two events in skateboarding, so you've got park and street so i mean park is just tricks on the ramps and stuff just normal stuff going down to the skate bowl i assume street event so that's like sick tricks on the stairs and like handrails and curbs and benches and and like just just urban environments just just skating around urban environments like we all do every day it should be pretty interesting yeah, yeah. I mean, if they can find a spare car park in Tokyo, then uh, it'll be good to see if they can actually hold this event. But look, um, you know, all jokes aside, mate, they're they're, they're very uh, skilled. These guys, and and again, it's a it's a sport that's uh, judged uh, subjectively. So if I did a bit of reading and 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 found out that it's based on uh, stuff like style. Uh, amplitude, so sort of height right. and whatnot, and difficulty, which I'm pretty sure is just basically who can do it without their AirPods falling out. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I've actually recently bought a skateboard myself. So, um, because I've been skating a lot with my son during lockdown. Okay. And okay. Like, he's on the scooter and I'm on the skateboard. And we've been playing this game where I pretend to steal my wife's bag and my son has to chase me with a scooter while I'm skating away on the skateboard. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this is good parenting. 
li- literally showing him how to rob a woman. But it's fun. We have a good time. In pandemic too, we should be in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got a lot of athletes in the in the skateboarding, mate. We've got and they and they're young too. Listen to these: Kieran Woolley, seventeen. Yep. Keegan Palmer, eighteen. Haley Wilson, nineteen. Poppy Olsen, twenty-one. And Shane O'Neill. He's obviously the father figure. He's thirty-one. So we yes. were a very young unit. We are. And I mean, Shane, 31 years old, he's really committed to the bit, hasn't he? He's stuck to the fad that he started in his teens and he's pretty much the last <laughs> remaining survivor of the, of the Tony Hawk PlayStation era. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's going, he's going into, a, into the Olympics with a, with a team of people who won't actually know who Tony Hawk is. They probably just think he's a 16-bit computer character. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's actually a real-life person. So, um, but I also think... I actually um, noticed that in his profile pic, Shane's wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> in his official profile okay. pic. But I also think, yeah, he's, he's in there probably as a father figure and mm. also probably as someone who's there to do the bottle runs yeah, um, for the rest of that. the team. Yeah. Well, that's good to have that guy around. So these events, they're taking place soon. So 25th of July through to the 5th of August at the Ariaki Sports Park. Uh, so tune in for that one. Uh, this isn't actually a new sport, uh, Kirin. Have you heard of that one? It's like a form of track cycling. Yes, I have heard of it. And uh, again, bugger if I know how it works. Um, just ride fast. Yeah. I well, I thought yeah. I'd mention it just because it's of its Japanese roots. Um, yes. It's basically a form of track cycling where, where riders use brakeless fixed gear bicycles. It's oh, like yeah. the Japanese version of the, of the sprint event. It was actually created okay. in Japan in 1948 for gambling purposes. Okay. So similar to the NRL. I think Joel Kane <laughs> does the live odds reads for that. But anyway, those events, they're taking place on the 5th to the 8th of August at the Izu Velodrome. Okay, nice. Yeah, so brakeless fixed, uh, yeah. fixed gear bicycles. I'm pretty sure I saw a bloke riding one of those through Collins Street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he stopped to fill his water bottle, uh, fill his water bottle up with a piccolo. Yeah, I, I oh, might right. have been wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mate, we're, th- th- those are the those are the big events to keep an eye out for. Um, we're doing you a service here on the Have a Go podcast. You know, raising awareness for these new sports. It's going to be interesting to see how they play out. Which one will be the success story of the games? Would you think? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think surfing. But I mean, again, that's just me being myopic in my um in my outlook and. In saying that, I'm going to turn around and tell our listeners to stop being so uh, single-minded about your track and field, okay? Let's mm. just start uh, branch out and have a look at these <laughs> things like the, the Kieran and, you know, have a punt if you need to. I mean, it's been hundreds of years. Why why hasn't AFL gotten in there yet? I mean, it's the leading sport here in Australia. You know, it's, yeah. it's an international sport. I know it says Australian rules football. Mm. I know it's got mm. Australia in the title, but it's a global sport. Why yeah. isn't it out there? Why aren't hundreds of, of countries competing in the AFL at the Games? Why hasn't it happened yet? Well, it is global, mate. I mean, look, it's in you know, it's in China now, and even parts of Tasmania, isn't it? So it's it's certainly taking off globally. And and, and let's be honest, if is it actually a sport if it doesn't involve a Sharon? Mm. I mean, it's a question we ask ourselves every day, isn't it? So yep. no, I, I I'm always a big advocate for getting our footy stars into the Olympics anyway, anyhow. I mean. Look at what happened recently, like Paul Gallen, the former rugby league star, he literally bashed one of our Olympians out of the games. Yep. I mean, you know, why aren't we looking more to other footballers who can, you know, bash other Olympians out of the games and raise our chances? 100%. And if we looked at towards Brisbane 2032, I mean, that's coming up soon. We, yep. we might have an opportunity to introduce some sports. So obviously, AFL will be there. Yes. Any others? Any other ideas for new events, new ways to kind of... Uh, introduce new ideas into the Olympic Games, but also represent us as a society here in Australia. 
Yeah, I, I think so, mate. It's a great opportunity to showcase the, the best of the Eastern Seaboard, isn't it, mm. when they come around? So I was hoping in um, 2032 that we can introduce club rugby um, as, a, <laughs> as an Olympic sport. Yeah. Um, you know, it uh, branches out to large parts of Sydney, um, you mm. know, almost uh, has a, an entirely yeah. uh, a full geographical footprint. Well, they're looking to and get rid also, of some um, of those Western suburbs uh, clubs as well. So amalgamate or even remove them from the club rugby. So it could just be completely Eastern suburbs and North Shore-based clubs in the Olympics, which I well, like and support. Well, Exactly, mate, and that's, you, you, you led me exactly where I was going. I mean, it, it even has the perfect geopolitical tones uh, for, for the Olympics, doesn't it? I mean, mm. we've got the Eastern Bloc yeah. uh, right there with Randwick, the Woodies, Gordon, Sydney Uni et al mm. uh, against the Evil West, who uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to name. So um, yeah. I think club rugby could be a real boon for the Olympic movement. Yeah, I reckon John Coates would be very good at lobbying for that. Yeah, the for our sure. insider at the IOC. Some of those club Definitely. presidents pitching those those powerpoints in those rooms with boardrooms with the IOC members. Yeah, that, uh, just a lot of the guys that have to get time off their um, architect roles. But um, yep. I'm sure if they book in advance, I mean, what we've got, you know, uh, eleven odd years. If they get ahead of themselves, and we can um, certainly get it happening. Mm. Content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds. Content blocked again. Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!